0: Go for joy ride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto
1: strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul.
0: And hey, guys, it's Terry here.
1: And, ah, All right. And welcome to this episode. I just, my favorite, one of my favorite intros to a Twilight Zone episode in a long time. And also, uh, I'm to be honest with Harry, one of my favorite intros to this podcast in a long time.
0: Dude, I laughed my ass off each time I watched that <laughs> that sequence. I, I was, I'm, I almost busted up when you just played it now. So I'm glad I was able to maintain composure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we'll talk about this more. Uh, like there, there, there's some, there's some gold in these Hills for this episode, but it was like, uh, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite first moments of dialogue in an episode of Twilight Zone in a very (laughs) long time. So I hope you guys enjoyed our, uh, sort of conversation last week about from Agnes with love. Uh, you know, that was a comedy episode that, eh, you know, it does not compute. We're going to move on now to season five, episode 21 spur of the moment. Uh, and we'll talk more about what that screaming was here in a little bit. Uh, air date was uh February 21st, 1964. Um, Number one song, sorry, number one film, Dr. Strange Love, which we've talked about previously. Uh, it's a good watch. Number one song, I Want to Hold Your Hand by The Beatles. Um, again, we're, we're going to be in the middle of Beatle, Beatlemania for a bit here. And regards to day and date. Uh, so the day after this episode aired on Saturday, I just thought this was funny because of what had occurred and how like no one bothered to rerun this event. Um <clears throat> Competitors in the 1964 World Speed Skating Championship in Helsinki got a surprise in the men's 500-meter event when ashes and soot caused at least five of the favorites to tumble like tin pens. Olympic gold medalist Ants Anston, which that's an amazing name by the way, uh, was the first to fall down on the full uh, first turn of the track, and another a number of other people fell down as well um, at the same location. Before the race, of, race officials realized that the sparks and debris. Ah, uh, from a nearby factory, had blown onto the ice. Uh, uh, Kechi Suzuki of Japan was the event winner. Like, I don't know if you had like you know soot and ashes and sparks while you're skating, speed skating. Wouldn't you just like call that that heat and wait for the ice to be cleared before running again?
0: I, yeah, yeah, that would make a hell of a lot more sense than putting people's uh, you know uh, safety at risk. <laughs> the hell, I just.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I just want to. I want to see footage of that. That sounds amazing to me. But then that also makes me believe that speed skating has now missed out on the opportunity to throw active hazards on the ice for the speed skaters to get around. I want a speed skating version of Mario Kart. That's what Dude, I want
0: now. I was just gonna say, is this just the version of uh, like Mario Kart, like skating? Like, yeah, that, I want, I'm sure I want, that I probably want the last exists, guy like-
1: to be able to throw a blue shell. And to see what happens, all right. Is it the blue shell the one that targets the front? I think it's the blue shell.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I'm pretty sure it is a yeah. blue shell. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just want to see like slag. I want to see uh, like uh, jumping jacks, not jumping jacks. Um, that's that's a that's an object. That's a, that's a exercise. But like marbles and jacks, I want them thrown oh. on the ice. I want one of those uh, speed traps, like the bear, tra- like uh, like the spike strip from the police. I want one of those kicked across the ice. Come on, like make the like make this interesting to me.
0: Yeah, that, 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 I guess that would make it a hell of a lot more fun. Give them uh, weapons. It'd be like the Mad Max <laughs> version yeah, of it. Yeah, I, want,
1: I want, I want clubs. I want baseball bats. I want, <laughs> you know, that's what I want from speed skating is uh, precision and violence. That's what <laughs>
0: Is it, now this is reminding me of basketball territory where they were trying to amp up like certain sports That's fine. in the beginning. Like just combine them. <laughs> like I, I would
1: watch, come on, you, you can't tell me that you wouldn't watch like an Olympics full of like amalgam sports, right. Where, you know, like, um, like that. And then also like, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you'd mix up like fencing and, uh, uh, competitive, uh, dancing, like, you know, the floor exercise. I don't know. I don't know where you go with that.
0: They're um, doing this kind of crap nowadays though. I swear to God, they're doing this like out in Russia. They're mixing different like sports together in that. It's like, like I want to mix what diving
1: and archery. That's what yeah. I want.
0: <laughs> Crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, anyway, so that, yeah, there was, there was shit that fell on the ice and people fell down and somebody else won, which I know. What was it? Oh, what was it? Was it the Australian summer Olympics? Well, that would make sense because they wouldn't have speeds skating there. Uh, one of, one of the ones, there was a speed skating event, in the Olympics where like the first four or five people just like, there was like a whole, like, um, like collapse, right. One person fell down. It was a chain reaction. And then yeah, I think what happened was the Australian competitor who was like, like in the back half won the event because he was the one that didn't fall down and passed everybody. That's fine. You know, if people fall down they fall down, but I don't like the intervention of obstacles unless that's the point of it.
0: Still make it exciting. Um, this, yeah. um. The the only uh, the only day and date stuff I had. Uh, uh, so we go back to uh, February nineteenth, uh, the Wednesday. Uh, Singer songwriter Paul Simon wrote the sound of silence, which would become the first of three number one best selling singles by the duo Simon and Garfunkel. So I we I know we talk we're going to be talking about the Beatles just about every week now. Um. I figure. Why don't we put a little bit of Simon and Garfunkel in that? That's fair.
1: So um, before we get into cast and crew, cause I'm going to gush again about one of the cast members of their connections, but uh, there was a, a, a um, film history class I took in college that I ended up watching a number of important films that uh, uh, one of them was the graduate from 67. And that was a big deal at the time because it was one of the first like major releases to actually incorporate like um, contemporary, like music And the sound of the silence just throughout that movie over and over again to great effect. So I can't, I will always associate the two and it's, it's a great song, but it also, it works really well for that film.
0: Yeah. I've never seen it. Still have to check that out. It's Uh, fun. It's, it's, I mean, it's,
1: I mean, it's, it's a little bit more of a drama at times, but some of the comedy in that is just, there's some amazing moments and uh, yeah. And Bancroft, uh, you know, um, you know, little, little older that's fine. You know, like, you know, you like, uh, like, like, uh, wine is great with age and Bancroft was great with age too. And a young Dustin Hoffman who is still pretty good, but you know, not, not as old and not as fine as wine. I don't know. I'm not, I, don't, I lost the analogy. The graduates, a, f- a great movie and the sound of silence runs throughout that. So thank you for bringing that up.
0: No problem. But, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no more day and a date stuff. So we'll get into our cast here. Um, uh, first we have, our our director is, uh, uh, Elliot Silverstein, um, last of four Twilight Zone episodes that he uh, directed. Uh, he also did the the obsolete man, uh, the passer, passersby uh, and the trade-ins.
1: Yeah, The Obsolete Man was the um, the last episode of season two, Burgess Meredith, amazing, amazing episode. Passers-by is great, too. You get to see the ghost of uh, Abraham Lincoln show up at the end. Spoiler. And The Trans is pretty good, too. Um, so actually a pretty good track record of of episodes. So what I mentioned here as well, he ended up directing, directing four episodes of Tales from the Crypt, and like that was towards the end of his career. Uh, 1977's The Car, A Man Called Horse, uh, which is an important Western. And also um, he directed uh 1965's cat Baloo, which is another Western that I need to see, but I know people hold it up as a, as a really fun one.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then uh, next uh, we have a writer. He's coming back around, uh, but this is his last one, Mr. Richard Matheson. Um, this is his last of 16 episodes that he had wrote for the twilight zone, um, the original series. So yeah, it's, it sucks. Um, but you know, uh, you know, he made a great run. There a it has to episodes. stop
1: somewhere, right? Because the series right. is only so long, right? So,
0: yeah. So, and we've, we've talked uh, at nausea almost about this gentleman. But if you want to hear any more uh, great conversations, uh, go back and visit some of those episodes that we covered prior. Um, but yeah, so next uh, we have our cast here consisting of uh, Diana Hyland. Uh, she plays Anne Henderson in this episode. Uh, 59 episodes of Peyton Place. Uh, and, and two episodes of, of the Alfred Hitchcock, uh, presents. Um, she was also in the movie, the boy in the plastic bubble. Um, the, this was what John Travolta's, uh, one of his, one of
1: his first big breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but yep. Uh, uh, moving on here, we got, uh, well, wait, Marsha wait. Hunt. let's not,
1: let's not move on. There's two things I want to mention. One, uh, born yeah. in Cleveland Heights. So there you go. Cleveland connection. Uh, and then also, she played, um, she played John Travolta's mother and the boy in the plastic bubble when they met on set, uh, John Travolta, who was 18 years, her junior, they got into a relationship there and, uh, that, that, um, that's weird. Uh, but then, um, she was like suddenly shortly, that was 76. She ended up dying at 77 at age 41 due to breast cancer that like rapidly progressed. But, Wow. Like, Hey, uh, this made for TV movie. I'm playing this kid's mother. I guess we're dating now. You know, I guess, I guess I stepped all over the Cleveland thing, but you know, just wanted to mention that that is uh, that's something just to, just to know. I did not know that.
0: That's, that's why. And yeah, I, t- I totally missed the Cleveland uh, connection there. I, I had seen <laughs> yeah. it last week when we were about to talk about this episode. Yeah. Did, did
1: you not, did you miss the whole, like, you know, her date and John Travolta thing too, which I mean, you know, I think that's fair. If you skip right over that, I brought it up though.
0: <laughs> I did not, I did not read that, but <laughs> even as you're talking about it now. Uh, I still want to try to like bypass it as quickly as possible. Cause that is, that is weird. <laughs> well, also, just what, something also, wrong there.
1: what bugs me here too, is that in this episode, she plays a version of herself. That's 43 and she never got there. That's also really creepy to me.
0: Yeah. Twilight zone. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Almost <laughs> as if, yeah, please continue. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so, yeah. So next here we have uh Marsha hunt. Uh, she plays uh, Anne's mother. Uh, I guess we just call her Mrs. Henderson. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, she was in the movie, uh, Johnny got his gun. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this previously, uh, real quick. Uh, it is the, the video, um, like yeah. the music, like it's the inspiration for the song one. So, uh, by so Metallica. Well,
1: okay. Let, let's let's let here. So, uh, Johnny got his gun was by uh, written by Dalton Trumbo about the atrocities of the aftermath of world war one. So when he wrote this, there, there World War II hadn't happened yet, but there was this like this horror about like, s- like saving people on the battlefront, but they were um, incapacitated to live lives. And so Johnny guy's gun, which I've read the book and it is, it is, it's something to read. Like it's, it's a dark ride. It's involving this gentleman who has no arms, no legs, no face, but he's kept alive because of like the Hippocratic oath, right? You got to save the guy, save the soldiers. Um, and it's it's a very, very uh, interesting and sad book. So then the movie got made. And then I think the song one was written about Vietnam vets and the aftermath of that. But then they're like, oh, by the way, we're going to do this video that like it's going to reference this movie um, that is very effective, especially when he's doing the Morse code on the bed tapping like, you know, kill me. Right. Like it's it's all messed up.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's still something I haven't seen, but, uh, if you watch the video, it's a very, like very haunting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, so, uh, she also was on the outer limits for a little bit there too. Just at like what two episodes, I think.
1: It's important um, to mention, I, I keep stopping. I apologize. Uh, so Marcia hunt one, she's still with us by the way. She's 103 years old. She's one of the last remnants of old, old Hollywood, which is you know amazing to me. Uh, but she was also blacklisted part of the McCarthyism that was going through like the red scare that was going through Hollywood. Also one of the people that was uh, blacklisted was Dalton Trumbo. Uh, Cause he wrote a number of screenplays and eventually he started submitting different things under different pen names. And I believe he actually wrote the screenplay for Spartacus that was directed by, um, Oh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, <laughs> I, what's his name? You know, the more important, uh, the one one of our uh, Kubrick. I think Kubrick directed that film. I could be wrong, but uh, but Dalton Trumbo wrote a number of screenplays under different pen names to get like to get paid because he was being blacklisted because um, McCarthy was going through and believing that all like all the progressive people in Hollywood were communists, and she was actually one of the people that got like um, rolled over by that steamroller, steamroller of like McCarthyism. Uh, so she ended up getting blacklisted too, which if you guys want to read something that's completely screwed up, like the whole McCarthyism thing, look into it, look into the red scare. Um, and then also, I don't know, we talk about the twilight zone being a mirror to us and reflecting about like, Oh, this could still happen today. Uh, look into a lot of what happened there and ask yourself some questions about what's going on now about certain people and the way they cast a uh, certain light on others.
0: Yeah. Interesting facts there. Um, and yes, you were correct. Kubrick did do uh, Spartacus. Okay. And Hooray! So,
1: I got yeah. one! Woo! Right. You did it! <laughs> but, here, I throw, no. I got, here, I'm going to throw one of these out here. Both of them. Sober, reliable, the best men. The best men. I got one right. All right, continue.
0: <laughs> All right, so yeah, next here we have um, uh, Philip Ober. Uh, he plays Anne's father, Mr. Henderson. Um Five episodes of Perry Mason uh, and the Munsters. I didn't really recognize too much of anything else that he had done, Ooh. but quite a bit of work.
1: Well, congratulations! You're about to stumble into a Paul trap here. One, she was he, she he he was in uh, 1953's From Here to Eternity, which I know is like a big a big deal. Also, he was in North by Northwest, the Hitchcock film I recently talked about on Talk Without Rhythm. So we got two back to back North by Northwest connections from. Sorry, actually, not back to back. Uh, Night Call was a connection as well to North by Northwest. He's in the film for a minute. He plays a gentleman named Lester Townsend, who has a very important scene with Cary Grant in the first part of the film in the UN. And the less I say about it, the better. It was one of my uh, favorite scenes I've seen in a movie in a long time. I don't know if it was intentional comedy, but I was delighted by what was going on. And while watching this episode, his voice and demeanor, I'm like, I know this guy. And then when I looked it up, I'm like, well, no shit. I just watched him in a Hitchcock film.
0: I can't believe that I missed that. I I, I guess I was overthrown by the, the, the there's a, a credit prior to that called the mating game. So I'm like, <laughs> what is that? I just, it's like, oh no. Um sounds like something that would be on National Geographic. Mm-hmm. Um
1: or Brazzers.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't <yeah>.
1: know. <laughs> anyway, continue. I ignore so, that I just said that. Let's just move on, please. All right.
0: So yes. uh, next here we have Roger Davis. Um he plays David Mitchell in this. Um, he got to start on the show. Uh, the gallant men, uh, did a quite a bit of a stint on there. And then 128 episodes are dark shadows.
1: Yeah. Uh, he had uh, multiple roles there. Uh, he kind of leaned to that later on. Like that was a big deal for him. I mean, rightfully so I know dark shadows is getting like a bigger following as it goes along as it should. And then also one episode of night gallery.
0: Nice. Uh, and then here we got, uh, Robert, Hogan. He's next on our list here. Robert plays Robert, uh, big stretcher. (laughs) So yeah, it plays Robert Blake in this. Uh, he was on 63 episodes of that, uh, that show Peyton place that we had just mentioned a moment ago and two episodes of Hawaiian eye.
1: Yeah. He was also, and this is, this is for Terry. This is some Terry trivia. He was on nine episodes of law and order as the same judge. I didn't realize that whenever they got to the order part of law and order that they would have similar actors play judges, that you'd see multiple times. Cause I know a lot Order is always this thing where it's like, they give you little bits of characters to go along, which I always thought was more like the cops didn't in the lawyers. I didn't realize that the judges also like, you know, we'd see them multiple times.
0: Nice. No, he's still with us too. He's still acting. Yeah. I think. And he was also uh, in uh, the wire, yep.
1: which I still like, that's that I, I admit, I, you know, you guys can judge me accordingly. I've not
0: seen the wire. Neither right, have I. Um, so next here we have uh, Jack rain. Uh, he plays, uh, Reynolds. Uh, not much of a part in this. He took the Butler, uh, one other episode of the twilight zone passage on the lady Anne. So, and then he was also in bed knobs and broomsticks.
1: Oh, okay. Good call. All right. So yeah, that's it for our cast and crew. Um, let's just get into, uh, Serling here. Um, and you know, let me just set the stage for Serling. Like, Cause like, I, it's important that we need to, to hear what's going on to what Sterling's going to talk about.
0: This is the face of terror. Anne Marie Henderson, 18 years of age, her young existence suddenly marred by a savage and wholly unanticipated pursuit by a strange nightmarish figure of a woman in black who has appeared as if from nowhere and now at driving gallop chases the terrified girl across the countryside, as if she means to ride her down and kill her and then suddenly and inexplicably stops to watch in malignant silence as her prey takes flight Miss Henderson has no idea whatever as to the motive for this pursuit. Worse, not the vaguest notion regarding the identity of her pursuer. Soon enough, she will be given the solution to this twofold mystery, but in a manner far beyond her present capacity to understand. A manner enigmatically bizarre in terms of time and space, which is to say, an answer from the Twilight Zone.
1: I, I do like his intro because it's it's going to loop back at the end. Spoiler, but yeah, um, where where do we go? I know I, I know I keep playing some screaming, Terry, but please uh, lead lead me into. One of my most, one of my, um, most surprised beginnings to an episode. It, it, you know, we're what a hundred plus episodes of the twilight zone. We're in the back half of season five. It takes a lot to kind of be like, what is going on here <laughs> in, in, in a good way? I mean that, I mean that in like the best way possible. Like it's great to be like uneven, right? Even though it's kind of funny and kind of ridiculous now. Um, and maybe even was then I had no idea that was about to happen. So please lead us in here.
0: All right, so yeah, so our episode starts with uh, Anne uh, being at her ho- her home, and she's getting ready to do a little ride uh, on her horse uh, around the you know the, the homestead, I guess. Um, and so she's she's going, she's trotting along, and then she comes uh, comes over to a hillside, and up on top of the hill, um, she sees a woman uh, dressed in all all in black on on a black horse, and that that's the audio you hear you just hear this woman (laughs) just scream out her name
1: Uh, yeah Uh, but also we got to point out too that the woman in black on the black horse is holding up like her riding cape Mm -hmm. like almost like just very dramatically and it's a very striking image like it's it's a very cool image like i I do dig that
0: and it it just it's it i want to say it's like it's somewhat jarring i tried to watch this twice when I was tr- I was super tired the other night and I tried watching this and being that tired and having that be the intro to <laughs> to this character is it was hilarious but I just couldn't take the episode seriously and I just had to go to sleep right after. I was like I don't know if I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know, it's fair. Like, nice and nice and drunk and really tired and I was like, I don't know if I can approach this right
1: now. no that's absolutely fair i like I'm not you're not wrong um i I did watch this on like a Saturday morning because uh, that is the way my schedule worked, and I watched it I was like, huh <laughs> <It> was <one laughs> of the, and like I wanted to like stop and be like th- like I wanted to text everybody I know but, like please watch the first two minutes of this episode because I mean honestly though like like I don't know man like um what um, I'm gonna put you on the spot here, like what what is like one of your like what's your favorite intros to like movies? I know for me I'm gonna put it on you because I know we both love the thing. It starts off with a helicopter chasing a dog across the frozen like you know the tundra. Not tundra is that word because there's nothing growing there. Uh, You know, just taking pot shots of the dog, and you got this guy yelling in a different language at the dog as he's shooting at it, like is this any different? That's also pretty funny too, by the way, in the thing, whenever he throws the grenade and messes up, but like, I I like these kind of like, where are we going with this?
0: You know, and it's, and that's a good way to put it. It's like, when you see something that just kind of throws you off kilter in the beginning, then you're like, wow, I think this is going to be a fun ride. You don't know why it's, it's, it's set up this way, but you know, it's going to be a fun, like a fun reason. And like, one of my favorite intros to a movie would be the um, the 70s uh, Invasion of the Body Snatcher because it's just so unusual. I mean, it's not like – it's not a big screaming lady, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it, it does all the setup that you need for the rest of the uh, outcome of the film. So, Well,
1: I'm going to put this on you. I have not seen the 70s uh, Donald Sutherland Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I know how it ends because who doesn't by this point? Right. Um, we should cover that for the show at some point. I think that'd be fun because I oh
0: that'd be yeah. incredible. Like yeah. I I adore that film. I I finally watched it for the first time maybe about a year and a half ago, and I have the Blu-ray and it is beautiful. Um, All right, gotta guys. check it out, man. Well,
1: we I think we're, we'll, we'll cover it. We'll, we'll mark it up. We're gonna, you know, we'll, we'll slate it. Right, that's what they say. Sure. Right, we'll. Uh, Slate it, right. So it's, anyway, on the yeah. um, it's on the books. It's so. on the books, yeah. But yeah, just this whole notion of like, you got this, this young lady on a horse. It's a white horse, right? And she's dressed all like in lighter colors, looking up and seeing on the ridge. And um, it's to the benefit and the detriment to the episode, uh, you see that the woman down below and the woman on the ridge are like, they're the same person. Like, like you give up the ghost so fast. That it's like, they look the same. Like it's, it's unmistakable. It's, you can't escape it. And then, um, the woman in black who's been screeching at like, I don't, like, I don't know. I'm not trying to like, um, I don't know how else to call it. It's a, she's just like being, belligerent towards the, the woman down below and then becomes a horse chase, right? Like it becomes this chase where the, the woman in black on the black horse is chasing the woman in lighter colors on the white horse. Um, and it's a really fun way to start the episode. And I love Sherling's intro to this um, because I mean, it's one of his longer ones. And sometimes I feel like a longer intro belies the strength of an episode. I'm going to argue that um, this one is not that case. I, I dug his intro.
0: Yeah, the intro works perfectly. Um, yeah, and the one thing that uh, I guess I'm failing to explain here, too, is the way that the, the character in Black is emoting, It she just looks pissed. Like, she looks like she's going to probably cause harm to the to Anne on her horse. Yeah, there's no reason. Um, it's
1: a straight-up, like, rage coming down the hill, you know? Like, yeah. It's very compelling. The only thing I don't like, though, is the undercranking of the camera to show like the horses moving faster, which, um, I it's it's an older effect. I do you know do you know do you know what undercranking is or overcranking is in regards to filmmaking?
0: Yeah, it, it, it it's basically to show a higher speed, but it looks a little like stilted somehow. It, it like looks cheap. It looks Charlie Chaplin the, type yeah.
1: stuff. Undercranking is when you run a, a um, film through a camera uh, slower as you're filming something. So when you play it back at normal speed, it looks faster. Um, it's, it could be used to some good effects, but it doesn't work well here, especially when she's, whenever Anne's booking it back to her house, to the estate, like something about that immediately ages this well past the 60 years. But again, um, we'll get into some trivia, uh, about, um, the actress, um, she didn't really know how to ride a horse. So any, anyway, you do what you can with what you got. I can, I can forgive the episode. It's just one of those things that you watch. And you're like, ah, this looks weird. But anyway, so I, the premise is intriguing to me.
0: So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, Anne gets to a certain point, um, where she's closer to her house and her pursuer has given up. And so now she gets back to her home. She runs inside Her, her parents are there. Her, um, her fiance, Robert is there and she explains uh, everything that had transpired. And they're like, all right, we're going to send out the hounds. Essentially. Her dad wants to get to the bottom of this. You know, he, he calls, you know, whoever they got, they're going to go search for this chick. They're going to find her, bring her back, get some answers. He, he calls the cops. Um, he, he wants to make sure that his daughter's going to be safe here. Cause she is, convinced that this woman that was trying to chase her down meant to do her harm. She, she's a, the look in her eyes where well, the way she was screaming at me, she was going to kill me if she caught me. And so Robert thinks it's a good idea to maybe make a fun joke here. he's like, are you sure it wasn't a warning? And she's like, well, what do you, what <laughs> oh, do you mean? Oh, well, yeah. you know, like she wasn't sent to tell you to not marry like a what you, a, a sophisticated banker or some shit. Like I am like Robert knock it off because it doesn't, it doesn't work. She's like, you're not funny. She's still like cowering into her mother's arms.
1: I like, like I like the look that the mother gives after, uh, Ann collapses in her mother's arms. And there's a quick look of like, no, just shut up. Like there's a quick yeah. look from the mother.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. Like quit being a boner, dude. Get out of here. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I think that's actually dialogue. just referenced. That's what Matheson said.
0: Quit, well, the being like, being,
1: quit being a boner
0: <laughs> so yeah obviously it doesn't work so um and now her father after making the calls to the the police and everything comes over and tries to tries to understand the situation more and as they're trying to get more information out of ann all of a sudden there's some like um fierce knocking at the door and they have a butler which we've talked about reynolds reynolds goes to the door to answer it and you, you're not seeing any of this on on uh, in this in the shot yet where you're hearing arguments between whoever's at the door uh and Reynolds and so now um, the father and and Robert go to investigate like what the commotion is um and it's 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 another suitor it's uh this guy David who apparently was uh had a thing with with Anne and uh he can't take a hint now because He's trying to profess his love to Anne and trying to reason with her because she know he knows that this is the last chance that he's going to be able to get her back, win her back, uh, and put put Robert back on you know put put him back on the curb because um yeah it's just like their their, their, um, their party to celebrate their engagement is like that night mm-hmm. and everything and dude I'm gonna tell you straight up. If I ever saw somebody come into my house the way that this dude did, he would be out on his ass immediately. <laughs> like, he doesn't look, he doesn't look uh, composed at all. He doesn't look like he wants to have a conversation. He looks like he's coming in there to bust some skulls. And, like, I don't know. I don't, even, even after, per, um, like, saying all of these, like, things about how he needs to talk to Anne, he needs to have her tell him how she feels and all that. The father goes for it, like he's like, Okay, if that's what it's gonna take to get you out the door, I, th- there's, there's a good bit
1: of dialogue. Uh, that the father says is like, what well, Whenever uh, David's like, Oh, I need to hear from her, he's like, So be it then, like, whatever, like, basically being like, Just get out of my life, like, just if you need to hear from her, hear from her, we're done now, right? But I'll, can I could also point out that, um, that of all the people around Anne, no one seems to care about her, but other than what they think is best for her. Like it is weird how, when she comes bustling in and is like upset and, and at one point, like like she's freaking out and all three of them, like you got uh, the mom and dad and the fiance around her and they're all like, just breathe. It's like, well, you don't also help her breathing, not being in her face the entire time. And then when she's on the couch, and she's talking and then at one point the mother's like, you can just forget all that now. It's like, I don't know. I just had a weird woman in black scream at me and try to chase me down. I'm not forgetting that. And then also Bob's terrible joke. And then when David comes in, David, David wants to hear from her about him, not about her. Like, like nobody gives a shit about what Anne actually feels. And right. it's very evident.
0: And, and you know, to even compound how, how, unusual this this whole thing is playing out so we have the whole party now right around her like within like uh, arm's reach and robert is holding her behind her shoulders but now david is holding her from the front like around her shoulders as well i thought that was very strange and again robert is the dude he is the guy that's with anne and for him to be like to for him to watch David, the kind of manhandling her, shaking her yeah. saying, Hey, everybody's tell physical me.
1: with her too. That's also, that's not aged well. Like everybody's like moving her around. You're I'm, I'm cutting you off. I apologize. But yeah, that's a good point.
0: This was a very uncomfortable, uh, scene. And I, I'm just like, I, I, again, like what the hell is going on? Why are these people like throwing this dude? out the door getting him out of there because he looks like he's going to be dangerous at any in any second. And I just I didn't make it didn't make any sense to me. I think this could have played out better. Uh, They could have made some better choices here. But um, but yeah, so he's he's not taking no for an answer. But I guess in the the same right, though, every time he keeps on asking her, just tell me you don't love me. Tell me you don't want to be with me anymore. She can't answer the question. It's like she doesn't. Like cat's got her tongue, doesn't want to say anything. It's like, she's, I don't know. There's something still there. You can see it in her eyes. Yeah. And like closing this door to a past is not, she's not ready for it. So she runs away. She runs up the steps. Okay. And
1: let me ask you, Terry, can can you please make the noise that she made at the bottom of the steps before she runs up? Like, it's a very distinct noise. Can you make the noise that, that she made whenever uh, David's like, just tell me. Like, do you, do you remember the noise?
0: I can't really recall what the noise was.
1: <laughs> it was like, she looked at him, she's like, ah, and just like runs upstairs <laughs> immediately. Like, you'd be like, it's like, I don't know what to do other than be like, I, like, here, how about this noise? How about this? Mm. I, I that's the noise. That's the noise she made. And then booked upstairs. That was like the second time of this episode in which there was a weird audio cue that made me laugh.
0: Yeah. Okay. So now I, I, I do remember, but it, because she did, she didn't say a verbal nope. response. Uh, she just made a like,
1: noise, which again, I can't fault her because, you know, we've all been at that point of like, well, what do you think? And you're like, I don't know. it's like, that's not words. Like,
0: you know, like what, what are you an infant? Like use your words, tell this dude. I mean, especially in David's eyes, like, or I'm sorry, Robert's eyes, her, her fiance at this point, like, wouldn't it be a little important for him to hear the words as well? Like Yeah, you know, hit the bricks, Dave. You're out, you know? Like I don't I don't get it. But so he, she runs up the steps and uh David is still trying to get to her. Like he he's about to run up the steps, and it's at this point that Robert finally uh grabs a hold of him. Oh, and I forget that I uh Oh totally no, you forgot, forgot the,
1: yeah. The very important fact that the father had a gun <laughs>
0: like pulled out, yeah. and ready to go. And put, and this is in response to David punching Robert as well. Yeah. So as she's trying to break loose, that's when, uh, David's like, all right, dude, you got, you got it. Or I'm sorry, Robert again. Robert says, you got to get out of here. She, you, you, you're, you already know what her answer is. And that's when, um, like David just co-cocks him in the face. And so her father grabs this gun and he's got it on him, but it's still, not enough. This this dude has the biggest balls. Like yeah. he he tries to still chase down Anne to to get to her and everything, and they have to wrestle this dude from, from him going up the steps.
1: Did you like the, did you like the moment of when he made it to the steps like faster than the rest of the cast? And he had to wait a second and like make eye contact with everybody to realize that like, okay, we're moving on with the scene, right? Like it was this moment of like, okay, we're good. We're good. And like, uh, the guy who was playing, uh, Robert's like, I got a hold of your neck. Okay. You could talk now. Like you watch that sequence again. And I understand this is the point of production, but it's like, like everybody had to make sure they hit their mark before the, the next dialogue happened. And I can't fault anybody. It's just one of those things that's very obvious when you watch it again.
0: Right. And, you know, it's like, and the thing that I have to just clearly point out is that, Anne is still like not giving this dude a clear answer. She just watched this guy punch her fiance, have a gun drawn on him, uh, you know, by her father and that like, we know that this dude is possibly dangerous the rest of her family knows it. So,
1: but David also rightfully calls out the father. It was like, Oh, I guess you're making all our decisions for her now. Like there's a lot of bad amongst everybody involved right now. And regarding about
0: it. And it plant, I guess it does plant to seed that maybe this is a continuance of other behavior that her, you know, her family is portrayed and that, that doesn't, that still doesn't make a bit of difference to me because the way he's reacting is it is out of sorts. Like he just, he seems disturbed. And so they're, they're finally able to convince this dude to leave. So he rolls out and we get this weird, like glimmering, effect uh, on the on the screen it's
1: the shimmer of like like a dream sequence or something like what they would do to do a transition of like the it's it's the wayne's world like doodle doo doodle, yeah. you know it's not the make a happy ending that we're getting though it's the total bummer ending
0: right and so and we're in we're with uh the, the woman in black uh the woman in black is now entering the same home this is the same home But I think at this point now we're, as a viewer, we're supposed to believe that this is in the future. Um, It is Anne. She is a little bit more aged with makeup. And the house is the exact same house, but with a lot less belongings in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she goes into the the study and she pours herself a a big drink and that's when we see her mother comes in the scene and she looks older as well. And You know, like, she's trying to tell Anne, like, hey, probably shouldn't be drinking, blah, blah, blah. And Anne is just being a real bitch to her. Like, uh, and even at one point, she smacks her mother in the face. Oh,
1: are you saying there's going to be a gif of a slap and then a double slap that's going to show up on our Facebook page? I think so.
0: Yep, yeah, right. I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
1: <laughs> I mean, um, like, cause cause like, cause Anne says something disparaging about the, about her father who we learn is no longer there. And then her mother goes over and slaps her. So that Anne's like, nah. And then, you know, what did the five fingers say to the face slap and just returns it. And I like the reaction of her mother of like, how dare you? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's been, there's been better times in, uh, this household.
0: Yeah. But, well, especially at, to this point, And uh, we we also find out through these conversations between uh, her mother and Anne or Anne and her mother, rather um, that she's 43 now. So this is what, you know, 20, 20 years
1: later. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, so quite a bit has happened. Um, And uh, now she's talking about how she was out on a ride and she is, she saw something out there when she was uh, riding, she saw what, she explains to be a ghost and she says that, you know, the, it's the ghost of me. Um, and I've seen her multiple times and I, you know, it's, it was me and it was, you know, and she's thinking back to these memories of like, I remember that day. It was the day that, um, you know, what, it, the, of the engagement party and all that stuff where I made like a really poor choice. Uh, I chose the wrong man or something like that's yeah. a, a, So I'm paraphrasing of course, but, well, and no, because so- this
1: whole sequence is very dialogue heavy, which um, which is, which is good. Like, but mm-hmm. it, it also makes, it makes it hard to get through because in terms of conversation, because there's like, uh, credit to, um, to Diana Highland, I, you do get the vibe of her as two different people of younger and older self. Like she does a really good convincing job of that. And then she has that whole thing of talking about like, you know, I made this thing, I made the wrong decision and like her, like, it's just, she also goes in this whole diatribe too, about like how, because her father gave her everything that she wanted and she never had to figure out anything on her own. And you can see that this is now the downfall and that she made the wrong decision. And this is probably, um, one of my favorite moments of recent memory of the twilight zone, because I did not expect what was going to happen next, because you think this is playing a certain way and credit to Matheson. He does twist it in a very effective way.
0: Yeah. This, uh, this actually worked really well for me as yeah. well. Um, the dialogue, like you were saying, I, I think if you are listening to this podcast right now and you have not watched this episode, I think that the best part of this episode is the dialogue. I think that she really does sell the, uh, the idea that she's been through a lot of shit in her life. Uh, and it's, be- it, it was a hinging on a poor choice that she, had she made. learned.
1: She learned too late,
0: you know? Right. And, yeah. And so as she, as she is discussing all this with her mother, we see that her, Husband comes in the scene, and it is no other than none other than David. David is the man that she ended up marrying. He's all haggard looking too; like <laughs> he looks like he was, I don't know, put away. You know, just, you know rode hard and put away wet. Yeah, I like day.
1: he's like wearing like like a like a smoking jacket or whatever, and he's just wandering in. he's just like, oh, where's my Caucasian? You know, I gotta talk to guy. Talk to my bitch wife or whatever it is. Like he's so he's so like. Just, I don't know. I, I can't, he look, he reminds me of somebody. I could put my finger on what, but I just like that. He wanders in the scene and I'm like, oh, we, the entire time we think that she made the decision of marrying Robert because that was the marriage of convenience. And then we find out that she married because of love and that, uh, David has, uh, driven the entire estate into the ground. The father's passed away. They're going to lose the estate um, they're going to sell the horses for glue. That's never said. Um, but like every, like, it, you know, everything's now worse because she made this decision at like at 18 to marry the guy that punched the guy that was being abusive. I don't know. It gets a little weird. And he's still skeezy.
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's even worse now. Like he yeah. just seems like a gross old dude and the way that he talks like dismisses well did you uh, get a vibe
1: when he tells the mother-in-law he's like do I need to draw a map for you scram it's like did you not see like a glimmer of Jim Carrey like just chewing the scenery there for a second of like just just leaning in and just being like ridiculous like go back and watch that again I see like a glimpse of Jim Carrey just eating the scenery and yelling at an old woman to leave the scene
0: that's a that's a fair uh that would be a fair uh, character to be a character actor to play that role. Like he he can play those really scummy characters like that. He can. Um, Yeah. The limity Snicket. Um, But uh, so, yeah, so she, he's, he's now talking to Anne telling him like, Oh, don't you love me anymore? I'm your, I'm your best. You know, like I just kind of like saying these weird things. Like he looks like he's already pounded a few, and like, he's just getting really, really weird with her. And well, because,
1: like I think he's like, we know, we find out that he's actually aping the dialogue that we're going about to find out the thing's going to look r- back again. Right. So he's like throwing her the face of the decision that she made years ago to remind her of the decision that she made. So this is all her fault, not his. That's right. the vibe I got.
0: So, uh, so yeah, so the, that's when we get our flashback um, to the night that Ann uh, had her, her, her party uh, for her engagement to, to Robert and you know, the party's over Anne's hanging out on the porch and Robert comes out to check on her and you can see that she's kind of shook up still, whatever um, says some nice words to her, asks her if she wants a jacket.
1: And well, says, you know what? It's what's important that, that Robert points out. He's like, Oh, your dad seems in good spirits. He's like, yeah, dad, he's always happy when he gets his way. I think that's also an important thing to, to note because that speaks further to that relationship.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I guess I, I, it's a good thing that you pointed that out because uh, it is in, in the future, layered that needs I'll to happen. Be,
1: I'll be on a hillside and just yell at you, and then I'll chase you later for making for forgetting that. That's what's going to happen. You know, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be on a shitty motorcycle. I'm just going to chase you into the distance.
0: Yeah, <laughs> as long as it's going to be on a motorcycle, right? It's Because we've got to upgrade, update this a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be me immediately not knowing how to ride a motorcycle and falling down a hill but I'll just be yelling at you the entire time with the motorcycle and tow behind me. That's what's going to
0: happen. Just please call me by my real name and don't call me Ann. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: I'll be like, Terford. <laughs>
0: Terford. Um,
1: Terford! That's what's going to happen anyway.
0: So, uh, Ann says that, you know, she is feeling a little chilly. So, um, Robert goes in to get her a jacket. And it's in that moment that, uh, Robert gets into the house that we see David come out from the bushes <laughs> David come out from hiding essentially, yeah. and um, and he you know he signals to Anne like, "Hey, come on over here, whatever." And you assume maybe like because all, I don't know all the crazy shit that she saw uh, David do earlier in the day that she might say, "Nah, don't worry about it. I'm not interested." But she runs to him and embraces him, and. Yeah. It, like it really has like we were talking about this dialogue with him that s- says that like he's her precious or something like that, like weird gollum type stuff, yeah, and and like you know that she's kind of put up this facade that she 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 cared about Robert, but is just putting on putting on a show to make things work out in her favor for both her and David well, and she's
1: satisfying they, she's satisfying her father, and mother's need, right,
0: right. So she runs off, she runs off with David and we see, we see Robert come back out and looking around. And of course now there's no, Anne, and now we can assume that this was the, this was the turning point for the rest of, uh, Anne's life. Yeah. And that's when we go back to what I guess at this point would be present day, 43 year old Anne. Mm-hmm. And she's sp- like, she throws a drink into uh, David's face. And rightfully she runs- so.
1: I like that. He just sits there for a second. He's like, Oh, Oh, what did I do? I'm like, I don't know. Make a list.
0: <laughs> so yeah. she runs out, she jumps on her horse and just gallops off. And she, we see now that she's at the Hill that we had seen earlier in the episode. And she's waiting for her younger self to come back into screen. And she sees herself and then what does she do, Paul?
1: Oh, here this. Yeah. (laughs) But we also get a little bit more. So one, she already, we get the notion that like she's since she said, she's seen this ghost multiple times of her younger self. She assumes the position and the like holding up her cape. Like, so this is not her first time she screams and runs down and we get a little bit more of her dialogue where she's like calling out the name and saying things Um, And then that's when we get the loop, right? So she's chasing her younger self, uh, uh, you know, infinitum. And this is this loop she can never break. And then we get uh, a great Serling outro where he mirrors the beginning of the episode, but it reflects more of the older Anne. But the whole notion of him where he says, you know, hey, your future self can't tell your past self to change things because your past self never accepted it. Twilight Zone. It's still effective, but we're going to find out that uh, she is forever haunted by her decision, um, but ultimately, even even if we get back to it, though her decision to chase herself back to the estate doesn't affect the outcome of her decision of of uh, like of her husband, right? So at least I guess in a way, I'm just thinking about this now. That's kind of interesting to me that that's that's a trauma inducing day, but that doesn't affect her decision making. So. Her, her older self chasing herself in this loop, um, still like it, it's there, but it's not the thing that causes the thing to happen. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of these these stories where you got a time loop where like, you know, the future thing is directly in place that causes the past thing to happen directly, which will forever cause the loop. This is almost like, um, an aside to the day. Of what actually occurred,
0: if anything, if there's a way that it could be any sort of motivation for Anne, is that if older Anne never came into into the scene, she would have probably have not gotten back to her house as quickly as she did, and then had uh, David profess his love to her. I guess that's that fair. Did.
1: If she was not already there for him to show up, I, I guess that's right. right, yeah. I also feel like if you've known that you've been fought, this is a loop for you. And that you originally screamed at, at yourself, maybe be like, be like, Hey, and mm-hmm. can I talk to you for a second? I know Excuse I look me. Like you. Excuse <laughs> me. Um, be like the whole, like your know, record scratch of like, you may wonder how I've gotten here. Let me tell you, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, as opposed to, you know, like just a hauling ass and getting down there and chasing yourself. Maybe, maybe that's not what you do, but well, yeah, go ahead, please.
0: It, well, and here's the, the, the even more messed up version of this. Why? So we know that her house leads back onto this trail in a certain direction. Why is she on top of the hill? She's coming from the same house. So she always is going to go back to the top of the hill rather than meeting herself on the trail. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's,
1: (laughs) there's some logic problems here, but I mean, I guess ultimately, we got to accept like that this fate is a loop and that, uh, she's experiencing it now from both ends. Like I, you know, and, and you know, again, this is 64. Maybe there's a little bit of nuance here that like, isn't, that isn't readily available yet. However, I still think this is better nuanced than like, what was it? The seventh is made up of phantoms where it's like, I don't know. I guess history's happening. I guess we'll leave the tank. Oh no, we died. <laughs> like that feels a little, a little bit more like, I guess we're going to do this where this is more like, um, I think older Anne realizes that her life is terrible and she put herself in hell. And now it's in this weird way. It's like, well, I deserve this. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure this happens. And it's not said, but like she has the ability to control her outcome and she chooses every single time to be like piss angry at her younger self. Right? So maybe it's just because she is so broken that uh, all she wants to do is rage against herself and that's what causes the loop it's not said but either way um as dialogue happy as this episode is it's very character driven and it makes for a very nice like neat as long as you don't pick apart the threads of the episode a very nice neat uh can like um encapsulate episode the twilight zone that i dig
0: yeah and you know and it does have like a morality tale to it yeah and, and- and, you know, that's, I mean, Serling's good for that. The Twilight Zone is good for that. Matheson is good for that. Yes. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not, I can't be that hypercritical about this episode. It's just like, it is the fun uh, aspect of being like, well, what if, and if not kind of things. And I mean, there are some, there are some faults here, but it, it does work well for me. And I actually, I thought it was a, you know, the, how the, the outcome played it was very interesting. And I, I, I'll chalk this up to being a good episode, not yeah. great, but no. definitely a heck of a lot better than our last episode.
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers as they say. <laughs> right. Like that no, was, uh, you know, it was fine. Like it was fine. Like it, it doesn't, you know, does it reach to the heights that the series does? No, but however, with knowing nothing about this coming in, and I think that's been the goal of this whole series, of, of, of this podcast, is to, hey, you take the good, you take the bad. I don't know where I'm going with this, but that's the facts of life. And we're going to watch all <laughs> the episodes of the Twilight Zone sequence, right? And for as much as we didn't know about From Agnes With Love, and we came out of that being like, I don't know about that one. With this one, it was kind of a good like palate cleanser where it's like, oh, okay, there's something going on here. Is it, is it the best episode? No, but it's perfectly fine. Like, and there's nothing wrong with fine. And I, and I dug it and I'm glad that, um, you know, again, it gave me, um, it gave me unexpected moments of screaming and just weird dialogue and some fun, like I made it a really fun gif of a double slap. Like, so yeah, this is definitely worth the price of admission. I dug this episode.
0: And, you know, I, I love that we're able to look at it in this kind of lens now and make, like, make fun of certain things because I mean, you know, Anne's Anne's kind of a terrible person and I don't, I don't <laughs> mind making fun of her. In this.
1: Everybody, no one comes out good except, um, right. oh, who is it? Uh, the gentleman, uh, uh, um, oh, um. Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> Reynolds is the only one that comes out looking okay in this, right? He just Yeah, just
0: Re- Reynolds. Uh, he lets um, Ann's father and her, her uh, fiance deal with David as opposed to hey, having to deal with himself. It's, himself it's about
1: his pay grade. He's just he's just the yeah. he's just a butler or a servant, right?
0: Not a bouncer.
1: Yeah, not a bouncer, right? So yeah, butler, um, not
0: a bouncer. <laughs> butler,
1: not bouncer. Uh, that's the story I want to see is from Reynolds' perspective. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the episode. It just anyway. sounds
0: like an indie band. I don't know. That's,
1: it, that's fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I do like – I mentioned this previously. I do like the mirroring of the the Sterling intro-outro. So that was purposeful when I dug that. Um, I also want to point out here, I wrote my notes here, that older Anne is spicy AF, as the kids would say. Um, cause she gets, she gets vindictive with some of her dialogue. I dug that. Also the piano that was playing in the second half of this, when she's older, there's some really cool piano moments in this that are very spaghetti Western. Like, I don't know how to quantify it. Um, not all of the music, not all of the scoring in this episode I like, but when we get to her and some of the more dramatic piano bits in the second half. I thought that was great, but anytime there was involving the horse chasing, that felt like that got also got older to match like the undercranking, And that felt like a silent film. And I didn't dig that, but some of the more atmospheric piano bits, I really dug that.
0: Yeah. It worked well for the episode and uh, I, I will give credit for the makeup. Uh, oh, that's uh, pretty
1: good. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: not. Uh, yeah. We've seen better, but like, for uh, her, how it works, they made-
1: yeah, it works for her really well. Yeah. David, not so much. Uh, but whatever, we get the point. Uh, it's not. It wasn't a detraction for me,
0: right? Yeah, it was. A, it was a good episode. I, I enjoyed it. I uh, I had some fun with this. <laughs> good.
1: Yeah. Good. That, that's that's the goal, right? So, uh, any other notes before I get some trivia here?
0: No. Let's uh, let's hear that trivia, man.
1: All right. Some trivia. Uh, early title for this episode was Pale Rider. Um, I I think Spur of the Moment actually is more fitting because I feel like it's kind of a pun. Right about in regards to it's a horse, a horse chase. And also she made a decision in the moment. I think that title works better. Um, uh, Richard Matheson said in an interview, "Um, I like the story. The only thing I didn't like was I thought in the beginning they gave it away. You should not have seen her face when she was chasing the young girl. It should have been just a scary figure in black in the background. I don't disagree with that, but it also kind of gives a different element of this that if you lay all your cards out on the table and you see that it's the same person, then you have questions. So I think it makes you approach the episode differently, but I don't, I don't disagree with what Mathen's saying. saying. Um, I don't know how that would have played versus, I don't know. I think, I think both are okay.
0: I, I think the, it, the interesting part about that is by knowing who that character is, is you want to know the motives now. Like why is she trying to chase her down? Why is she screaming out her name? And it's such anger in that. Like I, I think that's actually an interesting spin. It doesn't always have to be like, uh, you know, like you're left in the dark completely of like what the hell's going on. I think this is an interesting spin of how to be like, wait, now I'm really like curious about what the hell's going on here.
1: Yeah, I agree. So in regards to people being able to use horses here that I teased this earlier, let me just read this. Now I recall director Elliot Silverstein. The lesson I learned from that one is to, is never ask an actor if he or she can ride a horse. I said to her, Diana, can you ride a horse? She replied? Yes, Absolutely. It's the stock answer that an actor will give. And much to my frustration and shock, when the time came to get her up on the horse with the cameras running alongside, she didn't even know what side of the horse to get up on. We had to fake the whole thing. Oh no. (laughs) So I like that. Like you're being hired to do a job. You're an actor. You're supposed to perform a role. You ask somebody, can you do this? Your stock answer is yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Make it till you make it, yeah, huh? right.
1: Which, um, side note if if, if anybody watches the, ep, uh, the, the episode, uh, the film, um, oh, is it Shane? It's the Western that has Jack Palance in it. Um, it, there's a bit where it's like they, they, he's the bad guy in that, and there's a whole bit where it's like, hey, do you know how to, to ride a horse? He's like, sure, and there's an awkward bit at the very end of the film where you see him. Uh, get off a horse and it, it looks really weird because they had to shoot in reverse. Cause he had no idea how to get on or off a horse. Like <laughs> it's, so for actors to lie about their horse ability, I get it. It's a different time. Also. I know a lot of actors will lie about the driving ability. Like again, they're getting a job, right? And their whole job is to fake it till they make it. But I like the idea that this director is like, I learned my lesson. I'm not going to ask somebody if they could be on a horse. Like I need, I need them to prove it. So
0: it, it totally reminds me of like, when you see somebody who doesn't know how to play an instrument in a movie or show is <laughs> yeah, playing an instrument. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like it almost feels like those, those commercials of like, like don't have time to learn with the guitar. And then they're trying to open like the sheet music. It just falls off like the stand and they smack themselves in the head with the guitar. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, like, so, um, so yeah, I like this episode. We got some trivia. Uh, she didn't know how to ride horses. A Matheson wasn't happy with, um, the, the, like the reveal early, uh, you know, whatever. A perfectly fine episode, but let's, um, let's just get to this twist. Cause like my twist might be different than others. So let's just rate that twist. I'm just giving it from, it, it's been hundred plus episodes of the twilight zone that I've watched. And I normally didn't think I know where it's going. And normally I'm right because, you know, it's just the twilight zone. It has a pattern. It's a wonderful pattern that you enjoy and delight in. I'm going to give a five to not to to Matheson and company not showing their hand that she picked the love interest in the later half of her life. I was honestly surprised by that.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on that one. I I'll say five, and I think that the primary reason I'm gonna have to give it the five is she made the choice of what she considered love, and like the outcome was so tragic in the sense, like up until that exact moment, you felt like it was Robert. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh well, this dude after life up, that sucked. And then when you see David walk in the scene, you're like. Oh, geez. Like yeah. she really screwed something up here. And it's like, he, <laughs> now you're like, wait, what happened? So yeah, five dude. Like it's a, it, I did not expect that at all. I did not see, expect to see David come. I
1: in. think that's a bigger twist because since there was a reveal that was her older self yelling at her younger self, we knew that was going to be a loop. Like I mean, right from the jump, right? We knew this was like like honestly, I knew this was going to be a constant loop because you always have that regret. You always have the, you know, like you can't change fate. I mean, which we've we've seen this in multiple things, right? So that that I would rate lower. But the one thing that honestly caught me off guard, plot wise, was that. And credit to this episode, I I honestly did not see that coming, and that is a rarity. So hats off to
0: Spur of the Moment. Yeah, it and you know like. If anybody has not seen this, it's like, I, I, I'm bummed out because you're not going to be able to, you're not going to get the same kind of like jaw drop that we had for that. And that's, that's a real drag. And uh, if you kind of just listen to the episodes and uh, don't watch the original series with us, you're missing out, dude. Like you really missed out because I mean, except for Magnus with love, like, (laughs) wow. there's a reason you should miss with, with out the on exception
1: that of the parallel with the exception of the bar. No, I'm just kidding. You know, no. Like again, uh, this whole thing has been a journey from start to finish lumps and all. And even if something is like, even what was it? Um, the mighty Casey from season one, which is a terrible episode. Like just put your lumps in. Cause it, like this might be just a personal, like thing you could like, you know, like the wear on your sleeve of like, I watched all the twilight zone episode, good and bad. Just do it like, cause as much yeah. as like this, this whole series is very important and is very uplifting in a lot of ways, but you gotta take your licks. So I hope that people have watched this episode because it's worthy of watching, even with this twist, which was very like surprising to you. And I, it doesn't take away from this, which I think is also good because even, even if you know this now that doesn't take away the journey of Anne. you know, like it, it's a decent episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just, uh, I can't, imagine knowing all of this kind of stuff and then watching the uh then watching the episode. It's like uh like you said, like you gotta you kinda have to go along the journey to to really get the highs and the lows and really love the well,
1: like, like yeah. how often do you, like, I know you, you and I talk cause we, you know, we're friends and like we, we socially distance like, like not, not, not because of like COVID just because like we can't make eye contact. It just gets weird. Anyway, like you told me of the most recent, um, the Godzilla versus Kong film that you're like, I don't want to see trailers. I don't want to read anything about that. Where right. do you think we are as a society of having things ruined for us because of advanced, uh, knowledge and trailers? Like, I think that, I think it's very permanent now. Everybody has to be first right
0: and yeah and, and it's a drag because i mean like you have people out there that just wanna ruin it for people too i mean just remember like what people did uh, some some asshole guys did back in the day when they were showing harry potter and they wrote up
1: oh the book. people
0: the, yeah, the, the book. big spoiler yeah because yeah. i don't want to spoil it either somebody <laughs> hasn't watched
1: <laughs> that's been what 10 plus years but i appreciate you that i want to spoil that i get it yeah
0: I'm trying to be diplomatic here. I mean, like we're, we're probably spoiling these episodes for people, but they're making that choice, but <laughs> this is not a Harry Potter episode. And if we're not, I'm not a Harry Potter. I want podcast. to believe that someone's <laughs> just
1: like, well, I guess the start of this, I guess I can't stop it. And it's like, we're about to get into spoiled territory. It's like, well, I made a commitment to myself. I guess it's going to be ruined. No, it's a podcast. You can stop at it any time. It's fine. You know?
0: So yeah. I, like I I did that to my wife, and I told her I was like, "Oh yeah, dumb, dumb, dumb. I was about to say it. Um, <laughs> I, I said I said the thing, and she's like, "Son of a bitch! I didn't even know that. I haven't read that book yet." And I was like, "Are you serious? There are people out there that still don't know this." And so yeah, there are people, and uh, you know, but you know, it's it's just, and don't cheat yourself. You know, don't cheat yourself out of an experience. My,
1: my favorite, my favorite spoiler that was not a spoiler was when I was in high school. I remember uh, talking about Apollo 13, which no one talks about the movie anymore. And I, I remember I was sitting at lunch, talking to people and I was telling somebody, I was like, I was like, Oh, don't worry. They make it back. And she's like, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm like, it's history. You can't like, <laughs> like, like what? Like I didn't ruin the movie for you. Like it's legitimate a story of like the almost like, almost like the worst, like space disaster that got averted. Like that's the point of the film. You know? yeah. <laughs> so I got mad. I was like, I was like, well, I mean, not to run it for you, but like Titanic doesn't go well. Like, you know, like we're like anyway. Um, no, this, like I know each time we go into an episode, like there's some that we, we know about some we don't know about. Right. Cause it's just kind of the way the twilight zone is. Um, and I think I inadvertently read a spoiler for the next week's episode, which is unfortunate. Cause I had never heard anything about it until like two weeks ago, other than it, I knew it existed. Um, there, there is some joy for our first time watch. And not to drag our conversation out here too long. Please, like, find new things. Watch new things. Be surprised. Be delighted. Be upset. Like, uh, I think we're at a point now in the 21st century that I feel like there's so much commentary. And I know we're doing a podcast, I guess we're hypocrites. That things get ruined. But go out. Like, throw a dart. Find something. Watch it. Like, please. Just... There's, there's joy in defining something you didn't know anything about previously. And this was a good one to, again, I'm not going to hold this up as like a great episode, but I sometimes considering what we've seen from the, the quality shifts of the twilight zone, sometimes things as being okay is surprising and welcome.
0: I, yeah, that's the best way to put it. But honestly, um, you know, if you don't eat anything, a cracker is going to be amazing to you. Just like, uh, Eddie Murphy said, yeah. um, but like, yeah, so I, I, I mean, I'm enjoying the series. I still do. Uh, I love getting on the podcast and uh, talking to you about this stuff all the time. I used to watch this as a kid with my grandparents and I am glad I don't remember uh, most of that information. Like I'm glad I don't remember that stuff because it's, I'm looking through fresh eyes again. And that's like, that's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. You know? So, so,
1: so. yeah, that's going to do it for our conversation about spur of the moment hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that we're having overall with uh with the series here. Um you guys can find us on Facebook at uh, strange highways. Uh, we're posting photos there uh from the episodes. There's going to be a gif of a double slap. I promise that. It was amazing. I had to show it. Um and uh you guys can email us directly at gmail.com. We've recently got some feedback directly uh, about enjoying the show, so we appreciate that. Thank you for writing in and following um the series and following us on Facebook. Uh, wherever you find your podcast rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. And Terry, what other social media is out there for people to find us on?
0: Uh, dude, we are on Instagram. We're tearing it up on there now. Uh, kind of, um, so we're, <laughs> we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're posting fun pictures on there. Um, hoping to get some more engagement there. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun just doing the podcast. Um, but I even have a lot more fun trying to figure out fun ways to get you guys interactive with us. Um, you know, if you, if you go on there, like our pictures, suggest things that you want to see, uh, either on the Facebook or, uh, on the Instagram, we'd love it. And, um, uh, you know, we're having fun. So have fun with us on this. Please. Um, and, yeah. and I will, I want to put this out too, out there too. Um, our baby, the twi- uh, the, our podcast is now five years old. So yeah. we did it.
1: Well, I mean, kind of, I mean, it's five seasons, five years old. Like we're, we're getting there, but we're almost, we're almost all the way past. Uh, I, I honestly believed at one point that we would run out of like content, like three and a half years in, but Hey, look at that. I proved myself wrong. So we've hit five years as of last week. So everybody, uh, buy us a smash cake. I don't know what you buy for five-year-olds. What, um, a helmet. So they don't bash their head and stuff, whatever. Um, I don't know and kids. It- I, I just, I just know cats and Terry's. That's all I know.
0: And, uh, if you uh, if, if are my cats, I'm invo- at
1: C-A-T-S, not K-A-T-S, but whatever your, your wife's name. cat, So I know cats and Terry's. So there you
0: go. Yeah. Both are, and, app- and, both and, are applicable. <laughs> and if you enjoy, uh, Paul's sultry voice, please go out and check <laughs> out his other podcast, <laughs> uh, sultry. invasion of the podcast. A lot of fun that they haven't over there. They just discussed, um, uh, what was it? The, uh clerks too. Jane silent uh, clerks too. Yeah. yeah. That was a fun conversation you guys had on there. And I enjoy listening to your guys's podcast. And, uh, hopefully you guys, if you want some more content, you know, to, you know, lessen the blow of what COVID has probably done, uh, you know, get out of, get out of your head a little bit, listen to that podcast. A lot of fun.
1: Well, thank you. I, I blame Steve for all the fun, not myself there on that one. So, uh, yeah, anyway, um, that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, uh, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. I, I cannot believe like I've known about this episode forever. And again, I mentioned it might've been spoiled for me. I hope it was not, but let's tease this episode. And we're going to talk about what we're going to do next.
0: And now Mr. Serling.
1: next time on the twilight zone, a departure from the norm, a program shot in its entirety in France, a film so special and so unique that for the first time in the five years, we've been presenting the twilight zone. We're offering a film shot by others adapted and directed by Robert Enrico. Winner of the Cannes Film Festival 1962, as well as other major international awards, Ambrose Bierce is An Occurrence
0: at Owl Creek Bridge.
1: I'm so excited for this episode. I've known about I've known about it, 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 its existence, but I've not seen it. So, and we also had a friend of the show and a frequent season five collaborator, Richard Staving of uh, of of the writings of the words and the musics that we've talked about. Uh, he's going to join us for this to talk about it. Cause then he called his shot. We're going to have him on. This is going to be a lot of fun. I've not seen this episode and I'm excited for it. I think this is going to be a really, really cool experience.
0: Yeah. Richard's a hell of a guy. Uh, I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun with us on this one too. Uh, you know, get ready. You know, that's a, it's a highly rated episode. So I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a jammer.
1: All right. All right. Let's go do it for us this week. Have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, you know, uh, just you know, get vaccinated. Uh, that way you can go outside and ride a horse and then be chased by your older self. That's not appropriate. Um, marry for money, but not for love. That's also not appropriate either. I don't know. Um, if you don't know want people in your house pull the gun, I, I have no good suggestions here.
0: Uh, yeah, just try to listen to yourself a little bit more and know what you should actually be doing and protecting the people around you. Bob